Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're good. Hope you're really good. Uh, I believe I'm watching European qualifiers as Ronaldo has a... Is that a PK? No, he doesn't have PKs. Portugal... Who are they playing there, Bayer? I can't even tell. I don't know. What, what's North NKO? Macedonia. Remember they eliminated... North Macedonia? Yeah, they eliminated Italy uh, last week. And so now the winner of this match will qualify for the World Cup. So they have to win in order to qualify? Portugal has to win this match, yes. What about North Macedonia? Uh, they don't. Uh, if they don't win this, they do not qualify. This is uh-huh. a playoff final. Okay. So they are, and they are down 1-0. Correct. It's a, yeah. It's always interesting that we go uh, sucker pronunciation on certain things, all right? Like, it's one nothing anything in the States, and yet when it's soccer, it's 1-0, no matter who's playing. It's a field, unless it's soccer, and then it's a pitch, right? We've, we've taken to calling it a pitch. On the other hand, no one in America would ever call an elevator a lift, even if there was a bunch of Brits getting onto the elevator, which is known as a lift, right? I don't know. Um, some stuff going on in the NFL today. If you heard from Dan Byer, if you listen to him at the top of the hour, the overtime rule where only one team can get the ball if they score a touchdown is no more in the playoffs only. So in the playoffs, both teams will get the ball at least once. That That's that that's a, a rule change. Anything else, Byer, in terms of rule changes that ma- matters to, to, to us? No, just the part of the regular season. There is a rule that is uh, having the teams be able to block their personnel from taking jobs until after the draft. So if you wanted to hire an assistant GM from another team, you ought that it, person would obviously know the draft board of what that you know team was doing now they're making a rule where you can't hire somebody until after the draft or teams can block that move and say all right you can't go to that new team until after the draft is done mm-hmm. but that's uh that's basically it yeah and, and a safety on a free kick um sort of rule of keeping guys on certain spots mm. but i don't know uh, the great details about it uh so, look, I, I mean, I think we saw it coming. It's the and, – and with all these rules, they can change it back. I don't think we're ever going back. That's, that, to me, is the biggest proof that the rule was a bad one, which is we're never going back to that one again. We, we might go back to pure sudden death, or we might go to what I believe we should do in the playoffs, which is why don't you just put 10 minutes up on the, on the clock or 15 minutes on the clock? You know, why, why don't we just – Play more football. Everybody else does it, right? Baseball doesn't do two out innings in the playoffs. Hockey doesn't change in the playoffs. NBA doesn't change in the playoffs. The worst one, honestly, the worst overtime rule was, and I still th- still think is the college football one. G- giving a team the ball at the twenty five yard line to me is silly. It's there's it's a hundred yard field for a reason, right? It's actually a hundred and 
what, 20-yard field. But it's a 100-yard field for a reason. Why do we cut off 75 yards for overtime? That doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to have both teams get the ball, then they both get the ball first and 10 at the 25 going the other way. I, I don't. I know it's exciting, but it takes away a big aspect of football. Field position, defense, kicking game, not just field goal kicking game, punting as well. Now the math changes a lot in the playoffs. I do wonder what it does to betting lines and what it does to how teams play at the end of games. Because remember, you're going you're gonna to get the ball and say you drive down, you get to the 35-yard line, you can kick a field goal, go up three, other team's going to get the ball. Do you go for it? Do you kick the field goal? What do you do? You know, I, it's, we're, we're in this era where everybody's going for everything. Byer, it seems, it seems reasonable to believe that by next year we'll have somebody that'll bypass a field goal to go for it in overtime, and it'll be because they have the ball first and they'll fear giving up a touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you would just go to that Chiefs-Bills game and, and taking Brandon Staley out of this, um, but if you go to that Chiefs-Bills game, if the Chiefs' drive ended up stalling, knowing that Josh Allen would get another, you know, opportunity, yeah, why, you know, why would you? Why would you say, all right, if we take this over? You feel like you almost have to match it. There is an advantage now to the maybe to the team that doesn't get the ball first. Correct. So correct. That could also change the decision, maybe in overtime, on if you'd rather have the ball or not. It's a great point, and it 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 feels like. A, a massive change in the NFL. Think about that. Forever, the coin toss was celebrated in overtime. You got the ball. You had something nobody else did. Now it still be celebrated, but the decision will be far different. Far different. Yeah, I, I think it's very similar to the college where you choose to go on defense first. And I think that's what you would see. Now, if you're a team and you win the toss, you want to know if you need a touchdown or a field goal to win. Sure. Even though it's not just set up at the 25-yard line, field position, and yeah, to your point, now if you're that team, the worst, the you know, that's the other part of it is, to your point about college, it's not like the opposing team gets the ball where you have it. You know that they're going to start at the 25-yard line in your own field position. To your point about this is if you do kick a field goal and miss it, at least that other team would still have to, you know, start from that point, which made you know, the college football decision, you know, a little little different than what you would get in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Doug show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, Jason Stewart, yeah, you want to get in here. You saying um, 120-yard field made me think of something. Um, speaking of things that were a thing and will never be a thing is the, uh, the goalposts at the zero-yard line on each end. Like, at what point uh, did somebody think that was a great idea? And I don't even know if they put a pad uh, around the pole at first, right? They just they just thought that was a good idea for people to be running into that all day. Well, now it was based upon the game was based upon rugby, and that's where rugby's pole is, right? Is that right? Is it does is isn't it? Oh boy, I have no yeah. <laughs> no idea. But I'm, I'm guessing rugby doesn't quite have the uh, the dynamics at the goal line that that football does. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yes. Um. Okay, so the the field of play in rugby, I believe, is uh, you know they have those two vertical goalposts. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's still it's in the field of play. You can still run into the pole. 
But yes, it is one of those. It's like smoking on airlines on, on an airplane. <laughs> like well, how did how did this exist for so long? Well, and there's also like the current upright system. It's hovers over the line because the base is set back. Right. Where in, in to the rugby point of it, it is straight up. And that's how the goalpost used to be. Now, even like even if the if the base of the goalpost was right at the back of the end zone, it still would be dangerous. But they now have at least set it back and have the the uprights and the crossbar hovering over that goal line, a little bit safer than just having that big metal pole in the middle of the end zone or the back end. Well, do you remember? Do you remember when Mike Williams, his rookie year at Clemson, he ran into the the goalpost and broke his neck, right? Yeah. Um. So even though they moved it back, it still could be dangerous. Just imagine how much more dangerous it is. On the other hand, you could also use it like as a rub route, right? Like now you'll see, you'll you'll still see those uh, um, wide receivers in the slot use the referee, the was that the back judge, or is that the umpire who's right there in the middle? They'll rub their man off of using the using the the referee yeah. as a screen back in the day you could use that goalpost right just run him off the goalpost <laughs> guy runs into the goalpost he's like man how did he get wide open well the defensive player ran into the goalpost coach that's what happened <laughs> it's one of those things though that your son will be like wait wait they, why would they ever do that like that's just it's unexplainable especially given like liability laws and whatnot remember when uh, <laughs> the former Enron put a pole in center field that that seemed to be an old school rule that didn't age well. In Houston? Yeah. On the hill. Yeah, on a hill. A pole on a hill. Um, yeah. Uh, th- I, I thought, did, how many people know that, it, uh, Sam, you're 35, right? So do yes, you I am. remember when we had dual national champions in college football? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, wasn't that long ago? No, no. And, I mean, we even had, you know, the uh, Auburn and whoever won the national title that year. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was actually about 20 years ago. 2004. Now. 2004, yeah. But the idea now, if you try to tell somebody now, like, hey, we used to have, like, dual national championships. Nebraska in, and Michigan, in, in, 97. In in football. They'd say, like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, when was that? The 1940s? That, no. It was, like, 15 years ago. Right? I mean, that's it's crazy that that actually existed. Crazy, but it did. It's crazy that somebody put a goalpost right there in the middle of the end zone and then didn't immediately go like, hey, guys, we should probably move this thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like at some point they had a shot clock right at center court. You had to dribble around the shot clock. It would be like that. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb. It's really, really dumb. It's really, But the, the fact that it didn't get moved – the very after the very first season, like, hey guys, uh, just I've been watching a little bit here, and it feels like that goalpost just right in the way. And, and two of them, it wasn't just one because there was <laughs> they were holding up the both poles, so it wasn't even you had two of them to dodge in the middle of the field. Right. So you're like, um, guys, uh, are we sure this is the best use of space? You know what that's like? That's like walking to a kid's bedroom and somebody offer uh, somebody has like a uh, California king, uh, California king, and there's no room to walk at all. You just you simply open the door and get into the bed. That like that's it. There's no room for anything else. And you're like, ah, listen, the bed's super comfortable and it's great, but like, I don't know, like, kind of feels a little big for the room. Kind of feels just bad feng shui. It is bad feng shui. 
I think that they were like, yeah, you got to get the ball over the end zone at, at that goal line, so we're just going to put the uh, goal post there. Like, they they were living up to the rule as it was written. Get the ball across. No, the no, goal no. Line, I, right? I, I, I got. I it. understand like, why they again, did it. Yeah, that all comes from rugby. That all comes from rugby, right? But the the I, the point is, like, again, at some point, you're like, yeah, I don't know, bud. And it wasn't like it was two years. It was up there for a long time. And then finally, who's the guy who went down and tapped on like George Hallis's shoulder and was like, uh, hey, Mr. Hallis? Or maybe it was Hank Stram, right? He was a very forward-thinking, matriculate the ball down the field, boys, matriculate the boy ball down the field. Um, or, or maybe it was Tom Landry, because Tom Landry was the first to use computers and analytics uh, of the era. You think he, like, he walked in and he's like, men, we have a problem. And people didn't even know they had a problem. That's the difference of this rule change. At, at, I, I didn't like the rule. It's like a decade old, but at least everyone knew that for the playoffs, at least it had to be changed, and it was. Uh, we get some news for you in regards to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. We got Jay Wright, who's set to join us. So we'll get to either some hoops or football. Stick with us. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So the NFL meetings are taking place right now. There's an expectation that Trey Lance can be the starting quarterback with the Niners. Kyle Shanahan did nothing to dispel that talk when he said this about Trey Lance. That's why we looked into trading Jimmy. I mean, because we obviously believe that Trey can be a starter, and we're ready to do that. But if uh, we can't up upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. And uh, you always want to upgrade your team. And Jimmy's done a great job for us. We brought Trey here to be that eventually. Um, and I think that'll be sooner than later. But when Jimmy gets his surgery and we can't upgrade our team by getting some good picks until surgery, until people feel good about that, I'm all right with that. I mean, we're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him. I mean, Jimmy's a good player that we all really like as a person and as a teammate. And we're going to wait to see whatever helps the Niners the most. Uh, this is weird. You know, it. and, and to anyone who goes, well, you know, he's not just going to start Jimmy Garoppolo and then move Trey Lance in midseason. Hey, have any of you guys remember when they had Alex Smith? Remember what happened the two seasons before Colin Kaepernick uh, took the starting job? Do you guys remember that? They went to the NFC Championship game. And matter of fact, when they lost to the Saints, it wasn't Alex Smith's fault. Was it Kyle Williams? Is that I want to remember. It's, um, oh, man. Man. Was it Kyle Williams who fumbled the ball? Is there, is there a punt returner, kick returner? I'm trying to trying to remember it was Kyle Williams, yeah, Kyle Williams, yep. right? Whose dad was the GM of the White Sox? All right, there you go. There's a little that 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 I remember. Do you do you remember that? Do you remember that fun fact there? I uh, did. Yeah. Okay. And it was against the Giants. Uh, I thought it was against the Saints. No, it was against the Giants. The Giants went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They had two fumbles. Yep. Then they Man. went. Yeah. And that's when they went and they beat the Patriots? Yeah, in Super Bowl forty six. 
He even knows the numbers of the Super Bowls. What's the matter with you, Bayer? How do you know this? <laughs> well, crap? there was Super Bowl Forty Two when the Patriots were unbeaten. Uh, that was the one in Arizona. This was the one in Indianapolis. You're right. It was against the Giants. It was uh, ten years ago. Ten years ago, two muff punts. Anyway, in two thousand, in the very next year, the very next year, I. Um, Colin Kaepernick was the heir apparent, but Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. And people forget Alex Smith started against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night and had a perfect quarterback rating. Perfect rating. The next game, he suffered concussion, never started again. So the idea is that though there's a different GM, it was Trent Baalke back then, right? Um, Those are the different GM. San Francisco has found a way to navigate this before and make it work. Is it ideal? Of course not. But you have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's fine. He's coming off shoulder surgery. You don't know how he's going to look. And maybe you get more return on your investment if he shows he can play a little bit. I mean, I think what they'd like to do is they'd like to do the Sam Bradford, right? Where you hold on to a guy right now, there's no value to him. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. No value to him, but you keep him around. And then the second somebody decides to not show up or somebody gets hurt or somebody's shoulder's not right or whatever, then you can maybe get above the value because whoever's shopping for a quarterback at that point in time is at the point of desperation. And they'll overpay. Tiger Woods teased it up, and did you see the line uh, on Tiger Woods, uh, the odds on Tiger Woods winning the I Masters? saw that they, they, they moved. I don't know if it was from about like 65 to 1 to 50 to 1 or something yes. like that. But you nailed yes. it. You nailed it. You, you nailed it. I mean, that seems like an insane bet, doesn't it? Sure. It's but the whole. It's funny that that much is just on whether he would play. Like people could would still bet it in the hopes that he would play. And I mean, for a guy well, that, that that's if he'll win. I yeah. think that's if he'll win, right? Yes, yes. I mean, fifty to one to win the Masters when you haven't but, played a tournament. I, and I, I get know. that. Like, like I remember back. I hearken back. Okay, to uh, was it two thousand ten? What was the year that he had the car accident? And then a couple months later, the car accident was Thanksgiving weekend. And so then you're talking about uh, December, January, February, March, right? Four and yeah, a half months 2010 later. 2010 so. was, yeah, the, in April of 2010 was after he, the scandal. And he finished fourth. Yes. He finished fourth. So he was still a mess, and he found a way to finish fourth because, I mean, I would guess, like, blindfolded, he can find his way around that course. That is why I think that he is there because you don't need to do three or four practice rounds in advance he knows the course so well you don't have to wear yourself out monday tuesday and wednesday so that part of a preparation like if you go to a u.s open course you're going to want to be out there the week before the monday the tuesday the wednesday this probably wouldn't take as much prep Hmm. i would not lay down um (laughs) i would uh i would not i would not lay down any of my uh, of my hard-earned money, zero on Tiger Woods winning the Masters. Not because I don't love Tiger Woods, but I'm just a realist on how good those guys are and how good you have to be and the accident he suffered. I, I will tell you that I'm going to be wrong because he's going to play in a professional golf event, and I didn't think he'd ever play another one again. I just that that guy is Lazarus. Can you imagine if he wins a golf? Like, remember, he came back. He won the Masters after all this stuff. After the back, after all this stuff, he won the freaking Masters. 
If he wins another golf event, I mean, how amazing is that? Yeah. It would be shocking. I felt that the twenty nine the twenty nineteen win was his Nicholas in eighty six. That that was the cherry on top. Okay, I'm reading this where uh, Chris Rock apparently going on tour and his his ticket prices have soared. Is that what is that what you're you're, you're he's, saying uh, there? He's been on tour with Kevin Hart, and I guess since Sunday. Uh, an example that was given to me today was that like a a ticket that cost sixty five bucks is now three hundred and sixty five dollars. Um, so I think uh, the incident on Sunday night was good for the Chris Rock business. Hmm. So you have to go see Chris Rock and Kevin Hart? I don't know. <laughs> Did, I don't would know. you rather not? Would you rather? Just I, I don't. Not? I just. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I find, like Kevin Hart's stand-up is not that funny to me. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be. It couldn't be bad, right? Wow. I got to put that on the internet. Doug Gottlieb <laughs> says. Maybe it's just he's on all the time. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like Ke- Kevin Hart ranks just below, um, just below Law and Orders and Seinfeld and Friends in terms of how often I see him on my television. There is something to being looking forward to a comedy special, and then the feeling of either being greatly disappointed. Or being uh, being fulfilled, like there is something like you wait for a comedian because you you like oh my goodness he's gonna have a new special, then you realize that you maybe only laughed at like three or four of the jokes. It's very deflating as a as a fan, and now you know why com- comedians are under such pressure because yeah they're there to make you feel better. Like you're looking forward to something, then you're like ah disappointed. Kind of like a new album, you know that comes out. Uh, remember when you used to get a new album? And you'd get the cassette, and you'd like, <laughs> well, first you had high-speed dubbing, right? But you had to find the right songs on that. It was like, oh, God, they put the third song. And then when you finally got the CDs, and you at CD, the songs, when you first got a CD, the, the names of the songs didn't matter, right? That, that was the flaw, what happened when we had CDs, was I couldn't tell you the name. Oh, you got to listen to song eight. What about song four? We just do eight, then four, then two, then go back to 11. Okay. And then the remix is 13. So do that in that order. But back when you had cassettes, if the best song or the one song that the, if you didn't buy the single, you buy the cassette, it would be like right in the middle of, you'd have to oh, fast forward through a song. And then they, they did invent the type of fast forward that would stop in between songs. I I want I want to know who the guy is who that's his claim to fame. You, you know how when you used to have cassette tapes and it used to stop in between songs? Yeah, yeah. I invented that. Really? Well, what else did you invent? Nothing. That's what paid for this house. That's what <laughs> I wrote a book about. That's just, like I was just I keep going to the mailbox. People use cassette tapes, right? It's like the one invention. That's the one thing he did. But that at the time that was really cool. Like oh, that, no question. I, I'd love it's still to know a the really gap. cool. It's still a really cool invention. Still a really cool invention. I'd love to know the gap between that invention and then just CDs. I'm wondering what the shelf life was of that. How I want to say how maybe long? We got five how long? Years. How long cassettes lasted? No, between that technology of being able to stop between oh, yeah. songs and then when CDs just came out. Uh, three years or so, maybe four. Because we had a high-speed dubbing existed for a while, 
but CDs were they were just really expensive for they were you know CDs were 16.99 and cassettes were like 7 to 9.99 I used to go to the warehouse that's the place I used to go to okay so are Chris Rock they did Chris Rock issue an apology or just uh, Will Smith both why yeah. did Chris Rock apologize I, that's a great question for being a comedian I wish he didn't um, but he seemed uh, to have a, a huge PR m- machine behind the apology. Didn't really read like Chris Rock. And the whole thing was... Why? Because you I, couldn't do the... Let me tell you about... <laughs> Can you... Oh, let me tell you about... So So let me... Read to me I, the apology. Go ahead. I, 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 just, go ahead I, I am so opposite you guys on this. Like, she had a medical condition. What, I mean... So? But that... Like, that's... like. Are you making a joke about someone who has cancer? You, no. we don't it's a it's a like, joke dude first no. of all first of all first yeah, of all but not for medical all, not for could, something that she can't like it, again if it was like a song or a bad movie or something like that like it's you know but there's nothing that she can do about it like that's it's a bad joke he okay. was making a joke about her haircut, not knowing that she had a medical condition. Correct, because he That's doesn't follow what, her on social media. I don't yes. follow her on social media. I didn't know. It. So is that what you have to do with, with every person? Like, if, like I mean, uh, obviously there's the famous uh, skit from um, Nutty Professor, right, where Dave Chappelle is the comedian, and he's making fun of Eddie Murphy's character, the professor, Professor Klump, because he's fat, right? Like that not knowing if Professor Klump has a medical condition is like over the top. I I mean, I I I, know. I, know, I just I don't know where where we, I and it just it's a medical condition. This if that was her you know chosen I, hairdo that that she did, or if it was something funky like that, then you know like a funky outfit or something. I get it, but there's nothing that she can do about it. And that's why I think hold on the line. Hold on, guys. You know the the screenshot that you sent yesterday, Dan, Uh, with the Chris Rock apology? Yeah. I'm looking it up now. That it was, was an apology. That was a fake. Oh, that was, yeah, a, was fake. a fake. That was, it was fake. fake. So I, I stand corrected. Chris Rock has not issued an apology. So now the world is good again. Because my whole thing was I understand the medical condition and everything else, but like a mutual apology is just taking the high road and that's that's just boring. So I'm glad that Chris is, is holding out a little bit. Will Smith issued the apology yesterday. Yeah. And he apologized personally to to Chris Rock, I guess, which leads us back to the why didn't he apologize to Chris Rock previously? Right. It yeah. took him however long to do it, which was just a, a PR move, right? Feels that way. Does feel that way. Byer, you want to say something? I could, I could sense. Well, you I just to get two in. wrongs don't make a right. Like I don't think Will Smith was right to go up there and slap. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna, let's do one or the other. Go up there, get in his ears, tell him, don't say that about my wife. Make sure that the mic hears about it, or give owner an apology. Or hit him with a close fist, you know, one, one of those <laughs> things. Like it seemed, it seemed like it was like a, the slap was kind of like. But Rock, I think Rock's wrong of the person. Rock was wrong with the personal attack, and Will Smith, albeit standing up for his wife in the way that it handled it, I don't think was the best way either. Do you do you agree that the, there are degrees of medical conditions that? that yes. are off limits or, or yes. maybe don't go too hard on. And yes. I don't know enough about this medical condition. Is it alopecia? Is it a lot she, is there a lot of suffering or is it just hair loss or both? Well, well I mean when you're a woman you can't grow your hair and she is a beautiful woman with beautiful 
natural hair. Her hair, I, I, I don't know if I, I was always in the assumption that her hair was natural. I don't, I don't know if it was or not, whatever. I mean, I think it's a little different, you know? It just is. If she's like, self-conscious about it, I mean, I don't... Well, I don't know. She's posted about it. So, like, here's the thing. There's two sides to it. You, the side to it where he didn't know, which is very possible, maybe even likely, or the side that he did know, and it's like, dude, she talks about it all the time. Like, what is the big deal? All I said was G.I. Jane. If you're a G.I. Jane, you have a short haircut, then you're a badass. I just think she took it, and, and honestly, it felt like the culmination of... Because there were... Three ladies up there previously, and they were messing with Jada Pinkett. And, I mean, she's been the butt of plenty of jokes on social media. I think it's the culmination of a bunch of things. I, I think the joke was fairly innocuous, to be honest with you. Nobody's really, even Jada's not really offended by somebody saying, hey, you got short hair because alopecia or no hair, so you stay, start, you, what are you, starring in G.I. Jane? Like, it's not crazy funny. It's a more of a knee slapper, but it's not super offensive, I don't think. Yes, Sam. Back in the day, maybe like Rodney Dangerfield would have, like in Caddyshack, would go up to a group and start kind of roasting them a little bit. We all thought that was funny. And today, I think Dan, you know, I think Dan's just saying the joke was in poor taste. You know, Mr. Sunflower says this lady has a tiny spot of baldness, but she can grow almost a full head of hair. I have a medical condition called male pattern baldness. And oh, my God, I'm so sensitive. Help me, please. Right. If I have a hey, listen, you guys have seen me. My hair is nothing to brag about, right? Um, so is that is that a medical condition? <laughs> yeah, I mean LeBron. It's genetics. Oh boy, let's let's Here go LeBron. Go. Uh, now, um, now, people make fun. Listen, I I have never made. I don't think I made fun of LeBron. I got to make sure to say it. I I try not to make fun of LeBron because LeBron's clearly had the surgery and. It's, for however much he's paid, it hasn't worked. Although his most recent foray where he's just like, you know what, I'm just going to get faded up and however it looks, it looks it looks way better. It's much tighter. I don't understand. LeBron I, could shave his head fully and no one would say I also yes, don't think ahead. that we need blanket rules on, on if you have hair or not. She was offended by it. In her case, she was offended by it. Now, maybe somebody else wouldn't have been, but that doesn't mean that then no one can be offended by it. I mean, if it hurt but her again, feelings. But again, you can you can be offended. You can have your feelings hurt and then go like, you know, I'll see him later and I'll tell him, you know. And that, yes. uh, that's, I, th- I, th- I thought that Will could have gone up there and said something to Chris Rock where the mics would have picked it up saying apologize to her or have done something else. But his actions were just, you know, the slap was just kind of just. The funny part was I, I actually think the slap's sort of offensive. I kind of think the multiple F-bombs might be right there, right? Because they literally stopped the show, and it just got really, really uncomfortable. Where, had he just smacked him and just sat down there and given him the stink eye, at least you'd be like, well, maybe they're just playing, maybe they're friends. And, and Will just appeared to be a crazy person. You're, here, here's what I'll say, Dan. In uh, In... Reality with anybody else's wife, significant other, if they feel like uh, they're embarrassed by what you say, confronting somebody over it, obviously a fairly honorable thing to do. The difference here on a, is a bunch of things. One, Will Smith was laughing. Looks bad on him. He was chuckling at the joke at first. Then he caught eyes with her. Secondly, like there's a lot of other jokes 
that other comedians told that didn't bring him up out of his chair. Third, like, there's been a lot worse things said on social media, and they've made this kind of fairly public. So, We've all said know. something to a significant other that we thought was going to be a joke, and it didn't. And maybe yes. as soon as it left your tongue, you were like, uh-oh. And I think that that is the case here. And then what I do in those situations is I say, I'm really sorry. Not like, you can't take a joke? Because they were offended. That's what I say. I say, I'm sorry, my fault, my bad. Right, right. That That is, first, that you're a very evolved man. <laughs> very, very evolved man. But, but yes, what you're saying is it's two wrongs. I think what... Jay Stewart, you tell me if I'm wrong. What we're saying is we don't find it nearly to that level of offense, but what you're saying is, and this is fair, it doesn't matter. It's not us that's offended. It's a woman with a medical condition, and I do think it's a little different when it's a woman and her hair. All right, Jay Wright is supposed to join us upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's the head coach of the Villanova Wildcats who, you know, two years ago when things were shut down because of COVID, they'd won seven of eight getting ready for the Big East tournament. So the, the thought was they could make another Final Four run. Last year, Colin Gillespie, their point guard, hurt his knee. And so they didn't have him eliminated early in the NCAA tournament. This year, back to the Final Four. But they sustained a really tough loss with Justin Moore, who tore his Achilles tendon. He's, he's Jay Wright. He's head coach of the Wildcats. He joins us for a short period of time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coach, how are you? Okay, how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm good. Um, this is called the Blue Blood Final Four. Um, do you feel like Villanova is now a Blue Blood? You know, I never, I never really got into that, Doug, but I love when people count us. I know what Kentucky, you know, Duke, Carolina, Kansas, I know what they are. So when they count us with those guys, I take it, man. I love it. How do you balance out the emotions of going to the Final Four but Justin getting hurt? It was really strange um, after our game against Houston because it was a a really hard-fought battle, a great win, but we it, it was weird. We couldn't really, you know, we weren't in the locker room jumping around or anything. We, 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 were, we were very um, proud. We, we were very happy about moving forward, but it, there, there was there – was, it was tainted. We we felt so bad for Justin, and 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 I think we've gotten over it. We're practice today. You know, we're excited about moving forward with who we have. But those couple days there, knowing that we didn't have him, knowing how good he is, and how much a part of our success he is, it was, it's been a strange couple days. I've tried to tell people about your culture, and you were really nice and allow me to watch you guys work out before the UCLA game. But that, I, have you always been that way? Have you? Has there always been the 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 limited the words that you know all the guys talking about attitude to each other? It does feel like there's been a transformation over the past seven or eight years to this place. When did it change? Was it always this way, or did it change at some point to where you had these this certain way of a team operating? We've always tried to do it, Doug. Even even back to our Hofstra days, where we played against you. Um, but it, it, it builds when it builds when the players pass it on to each other, and it's not coming from the coaches. Like every once in a while, you can get you can get a year maybe when you have a lot of young guys on the team, and it's it's not as strong. But then you have a year like this year where 
we have like four freshmen, but a lot of older guys that that really demand of each other that that they stick to our core values, and that really makes it strong when when you have those guys demanding of each other. Last thing, we got about thirty seconds. Uh, you guys lose Justin Moore. It's hard to prepare for you because you'll play different. How hard is it to prepare for Kansas? Because Remy Martin wasn't a huge part of what they did most of the season. Now he is. What's that like for the national semifinals? It's always interesting when you're in a tournament, Doug, because like similar to Houston, you know, um, they they had Fabian White was like their leading guy all year. But once they got to the tournament, Sheed and Edwards were, were really lighting it up. So if you look at their stats over the season, you would say Fabian White, leading scorer, go-to guy. But if you look at how they played in the tournament, those guards were really good. Yeah, and, no, it's, it's... And that happens with Kansas, you know. It's, it's like yeah. you know all the good players, but Remy Martin has, is on fire, and you've got to prepare for him. Hey, Jay, can't wait to see you in New Orleans. Safe travels. Really appreciate watching your team, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right, that's, that's Jay Wright joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show.